I taught on the Holy Spirit um, at really an age when I was too young. Uh, you, you ever been too young to teach something? Yeah. Um, I started studying this and, and started with a mentor that I adopted. How many of you ever adopted a mentor? Uh, I've, I've gotten a hold of this mentor's journal notes of the history of his ministry when he got filled with the Holy Ghost back in the 1940s. But how many of you know that when the Holy Ghost moves, it's timeless? Amen? I mean, it's just as important in the 1940s. It's just as important today as what God did in the 1940s, right? So I'm real excited today. I've got several of the stories from that historical time to share with you. And, and you know, I'm not, I don't throw names around. I'm not throwing the name around. You, you probably don't know the guy anyway. But I'm going to read you his stories today, all right? And you can either eat it or throw it out. You can believe it or not believe it. It's your choice, all right? Um, I like to talk about the things of God, and in the natural, many things about God are unbelievable, amen? So we accept them by faith, amen? And so I'm asking you today to accept these historical recordings, is what I call them, of these journals by faith that uh, I'm convinced that they're true and accurate. How many of you today have a copy of the questions for, I call it this, I'm calling this the gift of the word of knowledge part two. Part one took three weeks. And the reason why I called it part one and I called this part two is that the questions for part one were covered on the first question sheet, Right? And the questions for part two were on the sheet we handed out today. Does everybody have one? Does anybody need one? Do we have any left? We do. Does anybody need one that wants one? You know, we raise your hand, they'll get you one, okay? All right, so what I'm going to do is knock on this. When you need to be paying attention, there might be an answer to a question there, all right? That was the test. All right, that's just a test, all right? All right, the Holy Spirit, the gift of the word of knowledge, part two, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want you to turn there. I want you to read this with your very own eyes. I want you to lay your eyes upon it. Read it with me. You, you shouldn't just take for granted that everything I say is true. You should search like the Bereans to see that if uh, that what you're being told from the scriptures is accurate. Amen? Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we'll get, begin reading with verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Um, I met a, a, a pastor once who asked me, what, what's your gift? I said, what do you mean, what's my gift? He goes, well, you know, he said, the Holy Spirit gives every person their own gift. I said, no, no, he doesn't. If, if the Holy Spirit gave me one of the gifts of the Spirit, then the Scripture is a lie. That verse says, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. 
the gifts of the Spirit of God use you, you do not use them. And, and that attitude that God just hands one of the gifts over to you, now don't mistake, there are, there are plenty of times when God will take a person and, and they'll be comfortable being used by one of the gifts of the Spirit of God. And it may appear that God gave them that gift, but that is a selfish attitude to have towards the gifts, and it lifts up the individual and does not lift up the Holy Ghost. It's like saying, I'm special, so the Holy Spirit gave me this gift. Mm -mm. That's not what the Word says. The Holy Spirit and His gifts use you. You do not use them. And more than once in this life, I've seen people, I've seen evangelists get into deep, deep trouble in their lives because they were used to showing up at church and the Holy Spirit coming on them and he'd give word of knowledge here, word of wisdom there and give this message and that message and give a prophecy and give this, give that, cast out demons. And the first time I ever saw this evangelist, I'm talking from eyewitness uh, account here. I was there. I was six feet from the man because I was 18 years old. I was an intern in the church where he showed up. And back then there wasn't no such thing as a wireless mic. I, I'm not a snot-nosed kid like Isaac is at 47, 46. I'm older than that. So my job as, a, you know, as an intern in the church was to run around behind this evangelist making sure the cord from his microphone to get, didn't get tangled up. Now let me tell you the benefit of that. Here I was, 18 years old, running around on the skirt tails of a guy who had the heaviest anointing on his life that I have ever been near, that I've ever felt in my life. Uh, standing six feet away from that guy one night, a woman that was crippled was in the services in a lawn chair and stood up and ran. All right? My grandmother fell to the floor and was healed of cancer the night before she was to be operated on, all under this ministry, right? Well, we went a month like that with over a 1,000 people showing up every night, and way back then, that was a lot of people. It's still a lot of people. Amen? And so... One night, he, he showed up at the church. Uh, it was the middle of the week or whatever. Places packed out. Why? Because we love the supernatural. Human nature loves a manifestation of the supernatural. Uh, people will be drawn like flies, you know, to the supernatural. And I saw one of the most powerful things I've ever seen in my life. Nothing was happening. Nothing. And he said... Look, folks, so the Holy Ghost isn't saying anything to me tonight. So what we're going to do is we're just going to worship God, and then we're going to move into the Word, and we're going to learn something tonight. And if the Holy Spirit wants to speak, we're going to let him speak. And if he doesn't want to say anything, we're going to let him not say anything. But I'm going to tell you, when you're an evangelist, and you're used to taking up great, big, huge, giant offerings, and the Holy Spirit gets real quiet, it affects the offering. Now look, you're looking at a man who witnessed this. This isn't secondhand information. I watched this happen, all right? So what happens is after a little while, you want to try to help the Holy Spirit because the money's dropping off. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you what happened, all right? And so um, people get caught up in starting to say things on behalf of God that they got no business saying, right? And I'm telling you, it's a downhill slide from there. 
It's bad. It's very, very, very bad. Fast forward, you know, 12 years or so, that man died in prison 12 years later. Caught selling drugs in a bar. He went from there, and it wasn't overnight. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It wasn't overnight. He didn't just wake up the next morning and say, I better go sell drugs. No, no. That's not what it was like. So, so let me give the solemn warning that what we're talking about here is nothing to be played with. Be content and, and joyful inside when the Holy Ghost wants to tell you something. But never make a big deal about it being you because it's not you. It's the Holy Ghost who uses you. Why can't we just be happy about that? This is why the outpouring of the Holy Spirit rides a roller coaster in the world. The Holy Spirit would draw back and get very quiet rather than be used to harm you. He will not do that willingly. He'll just get real quiet. And you know what you need to do when he gets real quiet? Just get real quiet and talk to God about it. All right? I'm telling you, one of the reasons I'm finding out from the Holy Ghost by word of knowledge, I'm not, I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you, how would I, why would I stand here and tell you God's telling me if, I, if it isn't the gifts of the Spirit? He's not talking to me because I'm special. All right? One of the reasons why he had me wait till now to teach on the Holy Ghost, because I, I challenge you to find anybody in the world today that's teaching on this subject. They might be out there, but I don't know where they are, right? I love being the one that the Holy Ghost is saying to right now. Now's the time. Go do it. And you will start hearing others are doing it. Because I can't be the only one. I'm not the only one. I, I'll stand. I don't know anybody else right now, but I'm not the only one. So, look. All right, the first epistle or the epistle of 1 Corinthians is not a letter written to just one person. Can you believe that? It's not written to just one person. It is a letter written to the entire church at Corinth as well as to the church, the body of Christ in our day. So the answer to question number one is the entire church, right? It, it, you can't dismiss things in Corinthians because you think it's written to somebody else and it doesn't pertain to you. Right? All right. Some folks have thought these verses applied to an individual person, but Paul was telling the entire church to covet or desire spiritual gifts. Even if the Holy Ghost does not use you specifically in one of these gifts, can you at least not be one of those, one of all of us that are all coveting a move of the Spirit of God, the gifts of the Spirit of God? Amen? unselfishly deciding within our hearts it doesn't matter God if you use me use use one of us use some of us amen and if you want to use me I'm here for you father in the name of Jesus Holy Spirit move through me just be open amen and then when he uses you and most of the time you're going to know because God drops very intelligent things inside of us, and we usually recognize right away, I'm not smart enough to think of that. All right? He drops things in you that are beyond your IQ. Amen? And you recognize it for what it is, and when you speak, I believe God told me this. 
and you open your mouth and you say what God said to you and as highly intelligent, people are going to go, yeah, that's very God. They'll recognize that God spoke to you. And that's all that matters. It doesn't, it should not, and remember this, just because you hear someone say something and you know it came from God, do not let it be your judgment of their character. You can't do that. God can use a dumb donkey and speak through a dumb donkey. And the comparison is not much different. Amen? But what the Bible says is that all of us are to covet these gifts and then let God use whoever he wants to use. Amen? I can tell you that there have been times in my life when God would not use me because it would be bad for me. I could have fallen into the same exact trap that that evangelist fell into. And God was just protecting me. Let God protect you. Amen? But be open. All right? All right. There are a lot of things to cover here. As the, as the Spirit wills, Paul infers here that not every man is going to have all these gifts operating through him because he said, for to one, not to everyone, is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 8, and so forth and so on. Some people have taken this verse out of its setting and have thought the Bible was just telling individual people to desire all these gifts. But this is very important. When actually Paul was telling the entire church as a group or body to covet them. We're all supposed to covet them. It kind of damages the idea that we can take it or leave it. Doesn't it? Amen? Lacking understanding, many people try to operate a gift of the Spirit themselves without the unction of the Spirit of God. And once again, I declare it's dangerous. Perhaps the gift of the Spirit is manifested in their lives on occasion. And they think, now I possess that gift, and I can operate it at will. No, you can't. However, if people try to do that, they will invariably get into trouble because they will be opening themselves up to satanic deception and to wrong spirits. That's why I say, look, I mean, you know, I could say, well, you know, this is kind of a dangerous subject. Maybe we should leave it alone. No, we shouldn't leave it alone. We should learn what the Bible has to say about it and let God be God. Amen? And let's let the church be the church. Uh, the early church, the manifestations of the Spirit of God in the early church, they should be commonplace today. Now, they may never be commonplace again, but they should certainly be doing a whole lot more than they're doing today. Amen? And let's just let God be God. Amen? If an entire local body of believers will covet the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will divide to every man, woman, severally as he wills, not as we will, not as you will, but as the Spirit wills. Now, the word of knowledge is manifested in different ways. We've got to talk about that. The gifts of the Spirit aren't just manifested in this place, however. It's not just in this building that the gifts of the Spirit of God are supposed to be manifest. They're supposed to be manifest in our lives. As I mentioned previously, the word of knowledge will sometimes manifest through a vision, through a dream, through a message from an angel, or through the gift of prophecy. The word of knowledge can also be manifested through interpretation of tongues. I'm going to try to tell you how. What, that was, that's, man, I got that highlighted in yellow. Uh, let's see. Why was Paul telling the entire church to covet or desire spiritual gifts? Because an entire body of believer covets them the holy spirit will divide the gifts of the spirit to every man severally as he wills according to first corinthians 12 11 
However, interpretation of tongues is usually not the vehicle through which the word of knowledge manifests in public assemblies, except perhaps through the ministry gift or diversities of tongues. Now, why do I say that? Why do I ramble that off? We're going to be learning later on. Just hear this general statement. Tongues and interpretation and prophecy are almost identical. They're almost identical. Prophecy is where someone stands up and gives an edifying word from God for the church in a language that everybody in the room knows. I mean, the common language of the room. Tongues and interpretation is where someone stands up or someone starts to speak forth in a language we don't know that's not known to them. It's not common to us. And they give a, a message in tongues and then someone else or the, even that same person. Someone interprets that message. All right? And it should be edifying and uplifting to the church. That's what the Bible says. That, that New Testament prophecy, tongues and interpretation are on equal ground and they edify the church. Now, how many, I'm going to ask the question here, a show of hands, how many have ever seen that gift of the Spirit in operation? Raise your hand. All right, praise God. When, wow, thank God. I don't know where, why I thought there would be less than that. So we've been around the horn then, haven't we? All right, and how do you know you saw that? Because could you not feel it inside that it was very God? Amen, that the Spirit was manifest in your presence. And you know the difference when someone opens their mouth and it's not God. Have you ever, have you ever uh, saw someone do that and you just cringed inside? Yeah. It gives you a freaky feeling, doesn't it? Because you know somebody's messing up really bad, aren't they? As I mentioned previously, the word of knowledge will sometimes manifest through a vision, through a dream, so forth and so on. The reason... For that is the ministry gift of diversities of tongues is more closely related to the office of a prophet. Now, don't get these things confused. And, and I'm going to teach on this subject before we're done. But he gave some gifts to the church. Didn't God give gifts to the church? Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, right? I know that by heart. Why? Because I fit into the fivefold ministry. So I understand the fivefold ministry. And something God taught me a long time ago, if you see something listed in the Word of God, go to the first one mentioned and give that one the most important. God lists things by, by a level of importance. And what is the mark of an apostle? I've told you. When you look at the apostles in the New Testament in the early church, the Holy Spirit used them frequently every one of the gifts. That was the mark of an apostle. All right? And those that filled the office of the prophet were a few less. And those that filled the office of the evangelist were right down to pastors and teachers. Pastors and teachers love people. They, uh, you're given a pastor's heart. You love folks. And the Holy Ghost speaks to you on occasion. Listen to him. Obey him. Do what he says, right? And uh, all I can tell you, I was so ignorant in the beginning that God would speak to me. And I'd tell Ruthie, in my knower, because I didn't know any better, I'd say, I know this in my knower. My knower was my spirit, but I didn't know what else to call it. I was ignorant, uninformed, unlearned. And God would say something, and I knew it was God because he was too smart for me, right? So I would tell Ruthie about it so that when it came true, she'd go, wow, that's powerful, right? I'd have a witness. The word of knowledge in the Old Testament. Now, all we're going to do is look at a couple of Old Testament examples because what have I told you? In the Old Testament, the New Testament is contained. In the New Testament, the Old Testament is explained. Amen? 
And mark this down in your heart. Every gift of the Spirit of God that you don't understand in the New Testament shows up in the Old Testament except tongues and interpretation. And we'll discuss why later. But you will not find tongues and interpretation in the Old Testament. Just mark that down, all right? There were supernatural manifestations of the word of knowledge in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament. In fact, all the gifts of the Spirit were in operation in the Old Testament except tongues and interpretation of tongues. We'll cover that later. We do find all of the other gifts of the Spirit, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, special faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles, prophecy, and discerning of spirits manifested in the Old Testament. These gifts of the Spirit were manifested in the New Testament first in the ministry of Jesus. Then after the day of Pentecost, the gifts of the Spirit with tongues and interpretation of tongues as well began to be manifest through the Spirit-filled believers. So let's look at the gift of the word of knowledge and how it was manifested in the Old Testament first. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 9. 1 Samuel chapter 9. Turn there in your Bibles. See, we used to look at these manifestations in the Old Testament and you look at a man like Samuel and say, well, they, they happened to Samuel. That happened to Samuel because he's special. He was a prophet. And that's why today certain people that get used by the Spirit of God and are given an occasional word of knowledge or word of wisdom will mistakenly call themselves prophets. Some of them are prophets and the fivefold ministry. But many, I would say, I'll take that liberty and say that many, I would say, who have uh, you know, have titled themselves a prophet or just somebody that's being used by the gifts of the Spirit of God, and they're no different than you or me, for that matter. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm not trying to throw rocks or be brutal, but you need to know the truth, right? And what will the truth do that you know? It's not the truth that will set you free. It's the truth you know that will set you free. Amen? And we need to know the truth on this matter, right? Samuel. Samuel was a prophet in the Old Testament, right? And what was the mark of this prophet? The gifts of the Spirit of God moved through him. There's just examples that were set that can happen to you in the New Testament even though you ain't a prophet. It's just the working of the Holy Ghost. It was just in a different dispensation. It was in the Old Testament. See, you, you wouldn't believe what a bomb that was that went off inside of me when I realized one day when the Holy Ghost said, go to the Old Testament. You want to know about the gifts of the Spirit? Start in the Old Testament. So you start looking in the Old Testament. How was it manifest? You know how the Holy Ghost manifests in, uh, uh, in Samson's life? The Holy Ghost fell on him, and faith rose up on the inside of me. And it was manifest uh, by, by strength, and he took down that temple and killed more people on the day of his death than he did in his entire life combined. And it was the Holy Ghost that did that. Holy Ghost through him brought judgment on the Philistines. You see? In 1 Samuel chapter 9, I, I want to share with you, and I wrote, I've got this in the King James Version because I know this so well. I'm going to look at verse 3, verse 5, verse 6, verse 15, 16, 19, 20. Look, watch with me. Uh, starting with verse 3. And the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to Saul, his son, Take now one of the servants with you, and arise, and go seek the donkeys. And when they were come to the land of Zuth, Saul said to a servant that was with him, Come and let us return, lest my father leave caring for the donkeys and take thought for us. 
And he said unto him, Behold, now there is in the city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. Now listen to me carefully. This is one of the things that happens. You know, Samuel was the kind of man who wasn't going to let that go to his head. He knew he was a man of God, and he could handle it. But when the Spirit of God begins to use you, be careful when people begin to heap praise upon you. All right? Keep that straight within your heart and mind and always give the glory to God. As a young pastor, what was I taught? My first mentor told me, don't touch the gold or don't touch the glory of God. Don't touch the gold and don't touch the girls. I'm just being honest with you. I mean, I, I mean it wasn't that great advice. That was sound advice, and it's kept me all these years, you see, and brought me to this place. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, and he said unto him, Behold, now there is a, in the city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. All that, he says come, all that he says comes surely to pass, and that's the Holy Ghost, right? Now let us go there. Peradventure he can show us our way that we should go. Verse 15. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear, now, what does this make, this word here? I've always called it a word of knowledge, but what is it really? Verse 15, now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, so what was it really? It was a word of wisdom. God told him something that was going to happen the next day. So what do we call that? Only the future is known in the wisdom of God, right? So God gave a word of wisdom, really, to, to Samuel. Now the Lord told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came saying. Tomorrow about this time I will send you a man out of the land of Benjamin. And thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel. That he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry has come unto me. Jump down to verse 19. And Samuel answered Saul and said I am the seer. Go up before me unto the high place where you shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let you go. And will tell you all that is in your heart. And as for those donkeys that were lost three days ago. Set not thy mind on them for they are found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel. Is it not on you and on all thy father's house. Of course Samuel only knew what God revealed to him. How many of you know that Samuel didn't know where every donkey in the land was. But he knew where Saul's donkeys were. By a rebel. God doesn't give you all of his knowledge. He gives you pieces of his knowledge. That's why it's called a word and not a novel. All right? It's called a word, not a novel. Right? Samuel had a word of knowledge for Saul. He said to Saul, 1 Samuel 10, verse 2, The donkeys which thou went to seek for are found, and lo, thy father has left the care of the donkeys. And sorrows for you, saying, what shall I do for my son? So, what, what do we have here? Uh, let me see here. I'm trying to, trying to, verse, or number three, what does the Holy Spirit operate in line with? Does somebody know the answer to that question? The gifts of the Spirit of God always operate in line with what? The Word of God. The Holy Spirit's never going to come and tell you something that you can't confirm in the Word. And number four, how will the Word of Knowledge sometimes be manifest? The Word of Knowledge will sometimes manifest through a vision, through a dream, through a message from an angel, or through the gift of prophecy. The Word of Knowledge can also be manifested through interpretation of tongues. We talked about that. Then it says, number five, list two Old Testament examples of how the gift of the Word of Knowledge was manifested. Number one, Samuel regarding Saul's donkeys. 1 Samuel chapter 9. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to close with this next one. Second example uh, of a word of knowledge. Let's see here. So now that was Saul's donkeys, the manifestation of the knowledge of Saul's lost donkeys, right? The word of knowledge also operated in the Old Testament to discover a man in hiding. How many of you know that God knows where every human being on earth is right now? Word of knowledge is also operating in the Old Testament to discover a man in hiding. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 22. Although Samuel had already anointed Saul to be king over Israel, when it came time to reveal him as the king, Saul hid among the stuff. How many of you know he was running from his calling, right? When the people didn't find him, they inquired of the Lord instead of sending everyone out to look for him. Listen to that. Many times that's the quickest way to find an answer is go to God first. And the people knew that the Lord knew where Saul was, and the Lord told them exactly where Saul was. When they looked where God told them to look, they found Saul. That was the word of knowledge in operation. Remember, the word of knowledge reveals certain facts in the mind of God. Now, I've got to share this story with you. This is, I'm going to read this quick, and we're going we're to pray together, and we're going to go. All right? We're not in a hurry here, are we? We're not going to rush God, and we're not going to rush this teaching, right? This is from... Uh, the journal from this pastor. All right, what did it say? So before we continue to discuss other Old Testament examples of the word of knowledge and operation, let me give you a modern day example of how God uses the word of knowledge to locate someone who was lost. And I, I got this story from this history, this journal. That is scriptural. As we've seen in examples of Samuel locating both Saul's donkeys and Saul himself, when Saul was hiding, a pastor was teaching on the subject of the gifts of the Spirit in a church in 1943 when a couple asked him if the Lord could show them how to find their lost daughter. This daughter had been involved with a gang when she was 16 years old, and when she disappeared, the police thought the gang had killed her. 22 years had gone by, and in the meantime, her mother and daddy, brothers and sisters, had all gotten saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Makes a difference, amen? The family, with the exception of her mother, had all given the girl up for dead. Mothers are like that. They don't give up, do they? The mother kept saying that something on the inside of her told her the girl was still alive. I wonder what that something on the inside was. You think it was a knower? After the pastor taught on the gift of the word of knowledge, the couple asked him, doesn't God know where our daughter is or whether or not she's still alive? Would it be all right for us to pray about it? He said, surely. And while they were praying about it, one day in the church, one of the women present had a vision. Just one of the women in the room. All right? You hearing me? See, just because you're asking for something and answer for it, God can give the vision to a brother or a sister in the Lord that knows you. Amen? All right? God knows what he's doing. Let's just let him be God. Amen? All right. She saw a woman in this vision, now 38 years of age, in a garage apartment with two children, a boy and a girl. She saw the woman chained and held captive in that apartment. Then in the vision, she saw a letter come, and she saw the girl's father go into the post office to get the letter. Later, the woman told the couple about her vision and said that within 30 days, they would receive a letter saying their daughter was alive. Now, don't you think that's pretty specific? How many of you believe that God can be pretty specific? Amen? All right. At the end of the 30 days, the father went to the post office and got a letter from his daughter. It still gets to me. 
It's an old story. And it still stabs my heart. At the end of 30 days, the father went to the post office and got a letter from his daughter who had been missing and presumed dead for 22 years. She was in Houston, Texas. The letter began, Dear Mom and Dad, how would I feel if it were my daughter? I don't know whether you're alive or not, but if you are, answer this. I will come and see you. I am alive and well. I will explain everything to you when I see you. The daughter was reunited with her parents and her entire family. One Sunday morning soon after that, the daughter came to our service together with her two children and her parents. That morning, she and her son were saved, and her daughter was saved later. The woman had told her parents, 22 years have come and gone since I was taken away. The law was tracking down on the gang, uh, cracking down on the gang I was in, and because I was just 16, the gang was afraid I would, I would tell on them, turn them in. This woman continued, one of the boys knew this, so he took me and ran away with me. We eventually got married, but I knew enough about him to send him to the electric chair, so he just kept me prisoner for a number of years. He would chain me before going to work every morning. I could get around in the apartment, but I couldn't get out. For 22 years, these parents didn't know that God could really tell them about their daughter who was missing. They hadn't even thought to pray about it. But after hearing teaching along this line, they, along with others, were inspired to pray about it. And as they prayed, God gave them a word of knowledge, revealing that the woman was alive. God also gave them a word of wisdom, which we'll be discussing next chapter. When, where was the word of wisdom manifest? You'll get a letter in 30 days. Now, listen to me carefully. This is, this is in closing because we're going to stop right here. We'll stop right here. I know that I can be confusing. It's easy for us as human beings to, to be and get confused by the gifts of the Holy Spirit because why? I try to separate them out as best I can and give them definitions so you can learn about them, right? But what are we seeing? We're seeing that the gifts of the Spirit of God overlap. They get used together, right? You can look at a miracle that unfolds and see several of the gifts of the Spirit manifest in the meeting of that need, right? So please don't let me, you know, hem you in or, or, or narrow your thinking or whatever. I want to broaden your thinking on the subject with God's help, all right? We are doing something I've never, I've never seen done before, Uh in the past, I've been aware, and it's happened in, in churches I've pastored, that we started teaching on the Holy Ghost after the Holy Ghost started doing some things. We're getting ready ahead of time. This is all in preparation for whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. Do you know how powerful that is and how precious it is? Every one of these stories that I read, I want it to set your heart. Deal with the soil of your heart and get you ready. God's going to bring things to your heart and mind that you never thought of God meeting those needs before we did this. And it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. Isn't it going to be powerful? You know, in, on the one hand, it, it's going to be great things are going to happen, wonderful miracles are going to take place, and people are going to come. Keep your spirit in the right place. Amen? Keep your heart and mind submitted to the spirit of god and everything will work out it will be okay and what will happen is that the revival that deepens thickens broadens 
becomes more widespread. I mean, it, it becomes more powerful. It's going to last so much longer. Because in the past, great outpourings of the Spirit of God, you know how they got stopped? How they got messed up? Why they ended when they ended? Because the devil drove a wedge in there and started doing stupid, goofy stuff. Don't let the devil use you that way, right? And then when the devil tries to get away with that, recognize it for what it is and just reject it. No one needs to be guillotined. No one needs to be set on fire. No one needs to be crucified. Do you understand what I'm saying? No one needs to be run out on a rail, right? We're just going to be an educated church that recognizes things for what they are and responds accordingly, all right? Now, if you want that, if you believe that, I want you to stand with me because I, I want to pray for you just like I'm praying for me. Because I've seen lots of pastors get all messed up. You know, uh, in other words, Life Spring Bible Church is never going to be special because the gifts of the Spirit of God are manifest there. Churches are special because of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. Amen? The Holy Ghost just uses tools to draw the unsaved in to get saved. They're signs to the unbeliever. They're not to make us out as something special. Amen? Did not God already prove to you that you're special to him? God help us and purge us from the, the need we feel in our lives to be, you know, uplifted in the eyes of other people. God help us. Father, I want to thank you for every single solitary thing you're doing in our lives. It's so special. We thank you for it, Father. Keep us humble, we pray in Jesus' name, so that we can lay uh, with you the groundwork, Father, for a greater move of your spirit that just opens the door to an even greater move of your spirit and so forth and so on, all for your glory, all for signs to the unsaved. Thank you, Father, ahead of time for all these wonderful things that your spirit's accomplishing in our lives already and the things that are going to be accomplished in our lives. Continue to prepare this church, our hearts. Help us all to covet the gifts of the spirit, whether they manifest through us or not. But, Father, may we be willing vessels that if you speak a word to us that is for the church or for somebody that will be faithful and gutsy enough to step out and give that word uh, and share that word, Father. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name for watching over us as we learn about the gifts. Mm. Lord, I want to turn my attention now uh, to this coming week. I believe it's going to be a special week, Father. I'll be down in Mississippi, you already know everywhere I'm going to be, everywhere I'm going to go, every person I'm going to meet. And Lord, you know it's special to me to reunite with Pastor Dwayne and Jennifer and to be with them and to pray over them. And what an honor. It is an honor, Father. I, I'm humbled by that. But Father, I'm going to meet a lot of people. I want to be led by your spirit. Every word that comes out of my mouth, every action that I take, everything that I do. Yes, do I want to laugh and fellowship with Dwayne? Yes, he's my brother in the Lord. And I love to be with him. But Father, what affects eternity down there with our visit is most important to me. Lead me, guide me, direct me. All for your glory, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room. Continue to prepare us, Father. Whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do. Now, Father, I know that the worship service today, we're just beginning to scratch the surface of our praise and worship opening the door for the manifestations of your spirit in our presence for people just to be drawn by your spirit to the altar to give their heart and life to you uh, for people to be drawn to the altar to be filled with your holy ghost to overflowing 
for people to be drawn to the altars to be set free from oppressive spirits for people to be drawn to the altar to be healed in their physical bodies we know lord for a fact that jesus christ you didn't allow your son to take those beatings that he took for no reason for no cause it was a door of opening for healing in the bodies of your children father we thank you for that lord continue to keep your hand upon this place these people lead god and direct us help us to be obedient to you forgive us father for all the times that we have broken your heart because i believe father when we sin we break your heart we hurt you father after all you've done for us when we choose to sin rather than obey you and i know that's true father because you paid such a an unbelievable price for the grace that operates in our life and yet sometimes we still choose to walk the wrong path forgive us father change us we pray in jesus name fill us with your holy spirit to overflowing and may we become extremely dependent upon that spirit in our lives that in a cup that's overflowed is flowing out of our lives even through our prayer language father to help keep us from sin for your glory and we know it's only through the power of the holy ghost that we can live pleasing lives to you father without it and your word operating in our lives it's impossible thank you father for forgiveness of sins for deliverance from uh, addictions and habits and bad choices Thank you, Father, for setting us free in Jesus' name. As we learn your word and choose to live by it, we shall be free indeed, Father. Ultimately free. Lord, until you come back to get us, may every day of our lives be a step closer, not only to the day that we stand in your presence, but a step closer to your holiness being manifest in our lives. All for your glory. Father, today, there are times, Lord, when I can't speak for anybody else in the room, but I'll speak for me right now. I know for me, you are special in this place today. You're good to me. And I, I do believe, Father, that you are good to all of us. You're good to all of us who let you be good to us, Lord. Thank you for charging us, energizing us, Father, touching us. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for healing our bodies. Thank you for freedom from oppression, Lord. Thank you that your joy is our strength. Mm. You're the only one that can bring happiness to our lives, Father. May we become dependent upon you for all that and more. Now, Lord, like icing on the cake, I want to stop talking to you about all of those things that you do for us and cap this all off by saying once again, hmm. Here you are, God, God of everything, sitting on a throne that you don't have to rise from to take care of problems. Lord, you're on that throne. You rule everything. The devil thinks he's in charge, but he's not in charge. You know it. I know it. We know it. The angels of heaven know it. Certainly Jesus and the Holy Ghost knows it. He can fight, bite, and kick all he wants, but you've, you've made him subject to me when I use the name of Jesus. And that was all you, God. You did that. You're... Because you're God, I can't, I can't seem to separate who you are from what you do, Lord. It's difficult. But thank you for being God of everything, Father. And yet you still think of us. Mm, humble, humbling, Father, humbling. 
Be with us as we depart from this place, Lord. Help us to fellowship together. Thank you for killing the COVID virus. Thank you for healing Erica. Thank you for being with Kathy today, Father. I want to thank you, Lord, for the relationship you gave me with LePew Rutledge. I know today, I know today that in the future when I am in heaven, I can hug his neck and we can talk together, be together, fellowship together. I look forward to that day, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you and fellowship together before you leave here today.